Hello and welcome back to season two of the Business of Show Business podcast with me, your host, Jamie Boddy. Unpacking the skills needed for the entertainment and creative industries and celebrating those already in them. This is episode nine of season two and today I am joined by a PR expert, Alexandra Buchanan. She is a theatre publicist at Amanda Monpass PR. PR is so important when it comes to marketing, not just in the entertainment and theatre world, but in marketing in general. They help shows and events to get the coverage they deserve, whether that be in print, on TV, on radio, or in other media outlets. I've had the pleasure of brushing shoulders with Alex many times at red carpet events, and I'm so excited for you to hear this interview and also to see another cog in what it takes to promote a show, an event, or an individual. I hope you enjoy. On today's episode of the Business of Show Business podcast, I am joined by a PR expert who can often be found on the red carpet at press nights and premieres within the West End. I'm joined by Alex Buchanan, who is a senior publicist at Amanda Molpass PR. Alex and the team at Amanda Molpass provide bespoke, creative and effective media campaigns within the performing arts. Having trained as a performer herself before building a career in PR, Alex has a passion for the arts and really makes sure her clients get the exposure they deserve. Hi Alex, how are you doing? Hello, I'm good, thank you. Gosh, it's um, funny listening to a description of yourself <laughs> like that. <laughs> One would never call oneself an expert, but you know, I'm happy for you to. <laughs> And it's, I find this quite often with my guests is that I think as creatives, we're always, we're always going, aren't we? We don't ever give time to just think, sit back and be like, oh, what have I achieved? I think it's, but yeah, it's, um, it's interesting, especially in publicity. And like you said, you, you spend so much time interviewing other people, you know, you probably never have it turned on, on itself and you'll probably never interviewed yourself. And that's exactly what I do. So it's, it's a bizarre thing, but very nice to do, especially at the moment. <laughs> yes, no, and I love seeing, whenever I go to a press night or premiere, I love seeing you there. You've got your clipboard, so I'm like, she, she means business, but I'll give you a little wave when I can. So I love seeing you at them. Got my heels, got my red lippy on, that's all I need. Oh, it's just, you know, those things are so daunting sometimes, red carpets, and you've got to be so, um, you've got to appear so together, so... Yeah, we, we definitely put on the PR persona. For me, it's definitely a pair of heels, red lipstick, and all my info, and good to go. <laughs> good to go. Um, so before we get cracking on your journey in the arts, can you kind of give us, in a nutshell, what PR is? Because quite often creatives may hear that there is a PR manager, or they may have done a, um, had to go and do um, a radio interview for a show, or a press junket for a TV show they're appearing in, but maybe don't really know all the cogs that are turning behind the scenes. Yeah, it's, it's, I've found PR is a very grey area. Um, people often um, categorise us in marketing. Um, and what we often say is the difference between marketing and PR is you would pay uh, for marketing, everything. You know, if you pay for an advert in the newspaper, or if you place an advert in the newspaper, you have to pay for it. If you see an interview in the newspaper, it's done for free by a publicist. So our job is to well, specifically within theatre, promote shows as best we can via um, print, online, broadcast. So um, our company actually specialises, we do everything, but um, we're kind of known for doing broadcast media. And um, my boss, not to, I mean, she'll hate me for saying this, but she kind of put um, theatre on the map with the TV bookers back in her day. You know, she, she was the one that said, we need to get theatre out there on TV and in the radio um, and because then you'll have a broader reach. But yeah, so it's basically that, just promoting our shows as best we can 
free. We get paid, obviously, but <laughs> yeah, we also organise events, so launch events. Um, you've attended a few of our launch events yes. in the past. Fantastic um, events. Always. Um, and press nights, we uh, arrange critics to come and review our shows. Um, so yeah, it's quite, it's quite broad, but I think often when I meet um, actors and just people in general, they have no idea what PR is and they can't, they find it difficult to differentiate. But um, yeah, it's kind of a waffly answer, but it is, it's, it's really tricky unless you do it. Sometimes people ask me and I go, I think I just organise other people's lives for a living. Because <laughs> it is very much that. And I think having worked in marketing as well, it's also the flip side where someone will say, oh, I need um, digital ads and Facebook ads. And then I also want them to appear in this magazine. And it's like, they are completely different things. Completely like, so different. You can't guarantee publicity. That's the thing. At any moment, you could have fixed a spread in, I don't know, I'm not going to name a newspaper, but any newspaper. And that can be pulled because of a dominating news story. You just, nothing is guaranteed because you haven't paid for it. So it's, it's, a tricky job but also it's rewarding because it's kind of based on your skill set and your powers of persuasion yeah. you know um which is great and i guess the good i guess what's probably weirdly rewarding as a um publicist yourself is that you are getting paid for your skills and your networking and your hustling and your pitching yeah. where like with marketing you'll pay i'll give you this much for your facebook advertising done where with you it's like the money goes to you and the and your company in the fact of you are doing the hustle you are doing the ground like the groundwork i mean i wouldn't i, I it's they're just two very different things yeah. i wouldn't definitely wouldn't say anything against my i think marketing's a necessity and i totally respect what they do because actually they have to hustle as well because um things like even just paid ads if they've got a good relationship with someone that they might get a discount off of how much they pay on that ad and things like that so it's the hustle is kind of equal but yeah we we definitely rely on on networking skills um uh, which is uh, for me i found quite terrifying when i first came into the business but it's it's now great but um yeah thank you for saying that it, nice. we, do, we definitely hustle and it's fact but i think what we're great for listeners to understand is like ah oh, that's what the PR team does or they might not realize oh I've just been selected to like do this interview and it's like yes but there are people behind that so I think it's good for people to like ah oh, yes it's not just you can't in any stream now you can't just do one avenue it can't just be marketing it can't just be press can't just be experiential it kind of has to be a combination of everything yeah and I think what you said just there I guess that happens quite often um we we tend to pitch out people that we feel are right for specific outlets um i know when whenever we work on west end shows and long-running shows we definitely look at every individual cast member uh look at where they're from and um try and pitch them to their local press so that everybody gets an opportunity but i find sometimes when you do that with those certain actors they kind of don't understand that you know you take it hours like extracting all the inf um, interesting information from their biog and um, researching where they came from you know we do ask questionnaires to find out more about their background and things like that and um, yeah a lot of work goes into it so yeah, it's, um, hopefully people will get a better understanding yeah. <laughs> and anyone listening if you just head to the Amanda Mulpass website you can literally look at all of the shows they have whether they are in town touring more of an immersive dining experience they literally you guys you work hard but people come to you for the product so that's great yes yeah, we um 
we have a mixture of clients that have worked with Amanda for a long time and know and love her, um, but we're slowly developing um, some new clients as well, which is nice. We kind of do a really lovely mixture and it's not just West End shows or massive touring shows. We do a lot of really cool fringe shows um, as well. We always look at projects that we think are going to be really interesting, things we can sort of promote well, basically. So yeah, it's quite an eclectic mix. And your journey into PR, you actually, um, you went to a musical theatre college yourself for three years. So can you tell us a bit about the journey of Alex in the arts? Yeah, well, the arts are very much a massive part of my life. They always have been. Um, My granny was a ballerina and my mum always loved theatre. So I, I didn't grow up in the UK. I grew up in the Middle East. Um, so I wasn't really exposed to it that much, but whenever we came to London for summer holiday, I remember like, I used to come back to London and see Cats at the New London every <laughs> every summer holiday while it was on. I was just obsessed with it. So I've always um, had a massive interest um, and I danced a little bit. But yeah, I went to professional musical theatre college when I was 18 and did a three-year national diploma in performing arts. Um, and I very much did want to be a West End star. <laughs> I wanted to be that, you know, I, d- I definitely wanted to be a leading lady. I didn't <laughs> set my sights on being in the ensemble, as we all do, you know. Um, and I just kind of found over time it, it, something wasn't quite right for me. I didn't know what it was, but I think I just became more and more scared and fearful of performing. Um, and I don't know if that's because my year were incredibly talented. You know, I had some of the original Billy Elliot boys. It was very dance based. Um, actually, it was very ballet based. Maybe that's why I felt quite intimidated because I wasn't the strongest ballet dancer, even though I loved it. Um, so, yeah, I, I um, graduated and went to a few auditions and just felt like they weren't right for me. Again, this sort of intimidation thing. I just wasn't very comfortable with it. I was sort of starting to to lose the love for performing in particular, and maybe in a certain sense, the love for theatre. So I went away for a while and worked in retail, and then there was this niggling thing in the back of my mind saying, you've got to to do something in the theatre industry, then you've got to give it a try because you can't, the job I I had at the time was kind of destroying my soul a little bit. So I left that job and went to work um, at the Charing Cross Theatre, I was a sort of box office and general office manager there and stayed there for about 11 months and then had a meeting with Amanda and the rest is history and I think yeah that was quite lucky I'd never done PR I never I didn't understand what it was but I knew that I had strong admin skills um, I didn't realize how much writing <laughs> incorporated um, so actually, that's probably the biggest skill I've learned working in PR is my writing skills are kind of semi-decent now when they weren't when I first joined. But yeah, that's kind of my journey and I've um, been there for six years now. Thank you for being so um, authentic with that because I think, um, obviously for those listeners who aren't from the UK, it might be different where you are, but in England, a typical route into the arts is a three-year musical theatre college, whether you're a singer, dancer, actor, Um, or even on the techie side of things, three years, and then that's it, you're out there. I think what will resonate a lot with listeners is sometimes, A, you have to try something to maybe realise if you do or don't want it, and then also your happiness. Like, you you had to take that step back 
but then you come back to it kind of with this passion and also your writing skills aren't just okay they're fantastic you should see some of the press (laughs) coverage Alex gets a client she's underselling herself so would you say for you like would you recommend that to any performers out there creatives freelancers in whatever avenue if they need time away like that's okay I definitely think so I think if anything doesn't feel right you maybe need to take a break and just evaluate what doesn't feel right um because a career you know you've got I I really think you've got to end up doing what you love because it takes up so much of your time that if you don't love it then what is the point you might as well and whatever that is just yeah I think that's so important and I wouldn't you know even though I I didn't leave performing arts college being a performer I still gained so much from being there um but I just don't think there's any right path or any any right answer I think um you just gotta do what's best for you I think you can go down any avenue but you've just got to believe that you can do it 100 percent. and I think and as you said like although you didn't leave college with that the atypical I will be a performer the skills you learned there have been so transitional to what you do now also match with your passion for the industry like you always know who everyone is on the red carpet. I know that's your job, but it's because you also love what you do and you love the industry that you don't mm-hmm. just learn it because you have to. You generally know who they are. You have yeah. got a flexible work schedule because I know you work super long hours at times on press nights, have to always <laughs> be smiling and look great. These are all skills you do learn as a performer. Yeah, 100%. Um, and, it's, and it's the confidence thing, definitely. Um, I mean, I, I, which is, I, and I lost that. I think I lost that level of confidence in my time out. But um, the most useful skill I found was having the knowledge of, you know, musical theatre history and background. Um, and I think sometimes I find that so useful when we have clients approach us and they want to do old revivals. And I know all about that revival because I studied it or I just had that interest in it. Um, that happened recently actually I can't say the name of it because I loved it so much um two two producers that we work with did a production of The Rink at Southwark Playhouse it's very I think this had this was the first London revival since it was actually done originally um and I'd studied that when I was younger I studied all the music so I immediately when we uh, it came to us I was like yes we have to do it it's such a wonderful musical and things like that whereas my office hadn't heard of it um, necessarily they, they might have known some songs but um, things like that I'm really lucky that I have that sort of knowledge they, it, yeah. I mean it's kind of tucked away but every time it comes up I'm like oh god yeah I remember when I studied this person and this person and um, yeah I found that super useful yes you are also right the sort of glam aspect and always looking your best I remember at school um, our teachers said you've always got to look presentable because you have no idea who is walking around the building just waiting to cast you? I was like, all right. Lift the yarn. Yeah. Um, no, but I, just, I love everything you said there because I think I say this on every episode, so my listeners probably like to stop saying it, but like, I always think performers or freelancers or creatives, we attach our value to the when you're in the audition, when you're on stage, whether you're hosting an event, performing, pitching, we sometimes feel our values only have that that time frame but as you said there your your passion and your knowledge for the industry 
that comes in handy when that one little nugget of a show comes in and you're like, yes, I already know what I can do for it. I know what's, I know the cast members. One thing I want listeners to take away from that is the fact is that Alex is saying that your skills are so valid and it might not be how you wanted to initially use them, but you can use them in any avenue of the creative like industry. Yeah, definitely. I do. I do think, I, but I think you can develop skills from doing anything. I know that sounds really weird, but um, I just think everybody's got such broad skill set and you might not necess- necessarily know you've got a talent in something until you explore it. And I just think, yeah, if anybody feels like their skill set is completely useless, that just won't be the case. Even if it's something tiny, like like this but being able to uh, do a nice full face of makeup or even just being able to walk down the street feeling confident that's a skill the amount of people in the world that don't have that level of confidence you know just any small things that you can pick up on I think is so useful 100% so if you had the chance to go back and speak to maybe Alex when she was at college what advice would you maybe what advice do you wish your younger self had known maybe going into the entertainment industry Um, I see for me, it's all, it's all very sort of the, the, it is the confidence thing. I probably would have told myself to have more faith in myself and, um, not also not be so hard on myself. Um, because I think that just, we spend so much time sort of being hard on ourselves that, and we waste a lot of time by doing so and having that sort of self doubt. But then also, I think that's just a common thing for people in their early 20s. And once you get into your 30s, you just do. It's so funny because people used to say it to me all the time. You know, when you get older, you're just going to stop worrying about you know, maybe you've gained two pounds and you're stressing about it or you've got a spot or whatever, or you can't do this, you can't do this. And when you get older, you just kind of go, oh, that might be the case, but, you know, I'll work around it or I'll do something to fix it. And I think that's what I wish I could just tell my younger self that, things get easier as you get older. So don't stress, just enjoy the time that you have, I think. Yeah, definitely. One thing that I want to touch on as well, because obviously you have to deal with so many people in the entertainment industry. Not only is it maybe um, the performers in a show, it's the creatives, like the producers, the directors. It's then like um, publications, broadcasts. And then also if you're running a press night, you have to speak to venues about holding the events and things like that. So for you, would you say networking is probably a skill that you have developed over time and that is quite important to creatives and freelancers? Yeah, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't necessarily say um, it was network. Networking is really useful mainly in terms of um, being on side of certain journalists because there are increasingly more and more publicists out there especially in the film and tv industry um, and to get noticed by certain media outlets can be a challenge um, because there's so much competition but um more i would just in terms of dealing with creatives and producers and things like that i think it's um i think it's knowing when to speak and knowing when to absorb what people are saying and i think it's how you speak to people as opposed to to the general sort of networking um, and that's a skill I, I've learned I mean there are still people that terrify me that I just <laughs> don't want to say anything in front of in case I say anything stupid but it is very much 
listening to what people have to say I think more when it comes to your your own clients and creatives but also I'm yeah I've been very fortunate recently to work with one of my absolute heroes one of my favorite songwriters composers of all time it's Mr. Stephen Schwartz and like it just being in his presence I spent a lot of time with him recently or over the last few months um before lockdown anyway and for him I just I didn't feel like I did I just wanted to absorb and listen to everything he said so I think it's it is that balance of how you speak to people and also what you can absorb from them definitely again because um creators were also passionate but then maybe sometimes it's it's actually taking a step back and being like no everyone's voice is valid everyone has something to offer like, let's listen let's learn let's grow which i think is especially from our point of view they're our clients so we can't we can voice our opinion i think it's very important to have a an honest working relationship with your clients um but then equally if we're asked to do something they're paying us for a service so we're gonna we're gonna bloody well try and do what they want you know so um that's what you always have to remember. We can't go in all guns blazing going, this is what I think, this is blah, 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 because it's got to be collaborative, definitely. Yeah. So this is probably no, but is there like a typical PR day? Um, obviously, if you're listening in real time, we're in October, COVID is still out there, the world is trying to crack on, but it's, it's, a weird, it's a weird waters to navigate. So obviously your typical day at the moment may be different, but as a whole, what is a typical PR day? And again, I think this would be great for our listeners in the entertainment industry to be like, ah, they are busy. Like if they don't reply straight away, it's because of this or they're working hard for me or they actually, it's a snowball effect from them implementing this that they got mm. their end goal, if that makes sense. Um, so I, maybe I'll choose a typical day from before we went on lockdown because January to March this in 2020, was is probably the busiest period we've had uh, especially with my shows i had some major major shows um having opening opening nights and having events and i was fixing a lot a lot of press but a typical day gosh um can i have two examples yes please do so i think some, a few months pre-production a typical day is very much pitching it's working out your selling points um and you know who whether you're pitching an idea or a specific either cast member or creative um and amanda always taught us to have an individual pitch for each media outlet um because if you if you kind of reel off the same pitch to everyone you're just going to be found out immediately um and you won't come across as authentic and i think people can always pick up on pitches that are just being sort of thrown out willy-nilly um so yeah typical day pitching perhaps um at some point during the day we'll pop out to accompany a client to a radio show or a tv show or um i don't know some kind of interview some we'd cover a lot of photo shoots as well perhaps we'll have press night in the evening but then if i if we had a press night in the evening i wouldn't be describing a typical day because it would just be hysteria <laughs> just very manic uh, we do everything from um allocating um allocate all the seats for our press um we have to ensure that we've got a press desk set up we've got all the programs that we need to give out to the press 
organizing drinks vouchers things like that um but all these things just have to be on point before we get to the theater and do our thing um on the flip side i i used to travel a lot for work um i'm also head of touring at amanda malpass as well as um senior publicist and um i had a mainly last year i had a lot of tours and i used to have to visit certain productions every two weeks for their local press night which i just loved um because i not originally living in the uk i hadn't really seen much of the uk until i worked for amanda um so even just traveling to i don't know we traveled to manchester quite a lot but you know going up to aberdeen and just so many different places even norwich just anywhere just seeing all the local theaters um was sort of normal for me i just had to travel a lot so coming into lockdown it's just been so strange so bizarre because i was on the go 24 7 yeah. and now it's just stopped um i think i was i welcomed that a lot <laughs> for the first month and now i'm just like come on let's get it going again come on oliver because <laughs> <laughs> well, i know because you i remember one time when i was um doing the social for that one project over the summer where you were doing the press for as well and yeah we would both get up at like five or whatever it was to get to the tv show for like seven oh, capture yeah. that content and then you would be like right now i'm back to the office and then like tomorrow i'm off to bristol for three days and then i'm back one of the good things about a tour whatever it's always launching isn't it there's always a press night so i guess it's yeah. always that buzz but it's non-stop yeah, it is nonstop, but I love it. I love it. I think that's why, I mean, yeah, I think it's definitely a young person's game. I don't know how much energy I'll have forever <laughs> to keep doing that. But I think maybe that's why I get nominated to do it because I've still got the energy to do it. And I absolutely love it. Like, I would say that's probably my favourite part of the job is getting to, to travel and meeting different people from the regions because everyone's so different and audiences are so different as well. Um, but yeah, I do. I do like that. I don't know. I think I don't. I think if you don't like that and you just sort of lazy in any kind, not lazy. That's so horrible. But it's not for everyone. It's not for everyone. So I mean, I'm a single person. I live alone. I don't really have many obligations. So it's super easy for me to just do that. Um, yeah, bring it back. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you're enjoying the episode so far and learning how integral PR is to any company, small business, or even a personal brand and getting your company out there. I'm sure if you've attended a press night in the West End, you have probably seen Alex there with her heels and her lippy. Later on in the episode, she mentions how you can get in touch with her. And if you are enjoying the episode, don't forget to head over to Apple Podcasts and leave your review. Now back on with the show. Do you have any um, tips or tricks for someone listening who either A, may want to get into PR or B, maybe for any freelancers or creators out there who want to get PR for their show, for them as an individual? I know that's quite a big topic, but is there anything you can maybe just say like one little nugget of advice? Like if you want to get into PR, do this or for an individual, what they can maybe do to help? Okay, um, I think... For an individual to get into PR, um, well, not necessarily to get into PR because I think there are so many opportunities available, but perhaps to make yourself stand out. Um, having a good understanding of journalists and perhaps theatre critics might um, stand you in good stead because that's something I didn't have. Even a basic knowledge of 
who writes what for certain newspapers and who reviews what, you know, who are the main theatre critics and who are the main opera critics and ballet critics for certain papers. Um, and I think understanding why they're important. I think that that's, if someone came and interviewed with us and had that knowledge already, I'd be super impressed because I didn't know that when I applied. I mean, I'm part of it. A lot of not really growing up in this country kind of <laughs> put me a step back, I think. Um, so I wish, I wish someone had said that to me, you know, just do your research on who writes what and who are the main journalists and what are the main TV shows that actually take theatre guests and theatre performances and things like that. Just having that sort of knowledge, um, because essentially being hired by a PR agency is often, especially if they're looking for a junior, it's down to the personality and whether they think that person will in with the team that's what we definitely look for it's so important because we're such a small team um that you know as long as you're confident you've got to be you've got to be a good not necessarily a good talker but you have to present yourself well you have to have a certain air of confidence to do the job i think because that's what we do for everything i've reeled off so many tips sorry i go off no, on I such loved a it. <laughs> that was great and i think skills that people may not think are valid outside of being a performer actually if you know yeah. who wrote what show what are the main publications where do the press um where's it like news where does that normally get published first like knowing that is a helpful as a creative and freelancer when you're hustling on that side but then b on this creative side as well it's still really good knowledge to have oh, good yeah it's just something i wish i i'd had but it's and it's still people change so often so I'm always playing catch up especially I mean after I think next year so many roles will change and we'll probably have to start from scratch and start networking again but um that's cool we that's we like doing it so why not um did you also say what what skills would I what, what advice say for someone looking for PR yeah like whether that is someone who's um, obviously because people are creating their own work now so they may want to get their show out there or it could be someone whether they are a presenter or a singer wanting to kind of up their profile it might not be as easy as me saying give tips that might not be a thing because I have to speak to someone but is there anything that you could maybe say have a website or whatever it is um I wouldn't well I think if, if you're a performer promoting yourself, then I would say having a website is very useful, definitely. Um, if it's a new writer, I think content, um, uh, especially if you're a songwriter, just have as much content of your work online, um, which is easily accessible. You know, just put down a few demos and um, send things through. But I think someone asked me this the other day and they said, oh, what if, um, what if we were just a small producer and we had a really small production, but we really wanted your help um, and we didn't really have enough money, what you deemed was enough money to hire your services. I would just always say, just go for it. Just get in touch because like, I, I think a lot of publicists take work on, and there are so many passion projects. If they really believe in what they're selling, um, then there's no reason we wouldn't sort of take you on as a client. That's the thing. I think just go for it. You just, you just do, do what you want to do um, and have some conviction. Um, that would probably be my main skill because anybody that's sort of doubting themselves, I mean, don't be like, we've had some people approach us in the past who have been like, 
okay, so we're going to hire you as publicist and blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, hang on a sec. What are you promoting? What are you, <laughs> yeah. you know, they come in all guns blazing. Um, but yeah, it's definitely, I mean, I, I work with a few people now, even some performers that have asked for some PR help, which is, it's, it's tricky, but I, you know, sometimes I do offer people advice or offer to read things for other people. So I think, again, it's building those relationships and just have the confidence to ask, because if you don't ask, then you don't get um, and I think one of the lovely things about the entertainment industry is that people, I don't know anyone in the arts or entertainment who just does one thing in the fact of, I am just a presenter, just a singer, just a dancer. Someone may have a side passion, whether that's personal training, marketing, website design, press and PR. So the likelihood is if you do ask and you're not right for that project, there may be another project they can help you on, or they may know someone they could put you in contact with or something. Oh yeah, definitely. That happens that happens so often. I mean, look how many times I've worked with you in different sort of forms. How bizarre is that? Like, I've worked with you when I've done PR and you've done the marketing for someone. I've worked with you as a presenter. You've um, come to a lot of our events and done specific projects with us. And it's, yes, yeah, funny, isn't it? It's, yeah, it's weird because I know, I, yeah, I've been on events. I can, obviously, I won't miss because you, there's probably been so many and some of the shows on now but um i've come to you when you've done the press of a show and i've been there as a journalist and then like you said i've been on like shows that i've done like the marketing for the show and then also been on them when i've been like the red carpet host and i think that just goes to show how relationships can like develop and like how we became friends from that which is so weird but fab i love that that's the best situation i think that's kind of it's really cool being a pr because we we have to go out and actively meet people and then you do develop really lovely friendships I've got so many more friends now through work than I ever had through school (laughs) you know because we're all like-minded people we've got similar interests and it yeah it's really cool I really like it I'm gonna let you go in a minute but a couple more questions first of all is it a little devil wears prada in the fact of press night you've got your look sheet there's loads of people I think people want to know is it a little bit like that not in the fact of it being mean, but in the fact of you having to like learn all these names, learn all the faces and where they're from. Um, yes, we do definitely, we've got a crib sheet, so that definitely helps, but it's more, I'd actually say it, it maybe it is Devil Wears Prada because it's very fast. You'll find that you, when you have a red carpet, you've got to have this slow period and then all of a sudden everyone starts arriving at the same time. So for me, I'm, I'm usually in charge of our red carpets and I have a team with me. So it's all about, navigating who's doing what right okay this person is now on the carpet they're down the line they're doing this interview that journalist wants to speak to this person so then I say Holly can you do this or Sarah can you go and do this and it's kind of like we swap and take turns and I'm like okay who's who's arrived okay what do we need to do that it's literally quick thinking um and it's it's scary but then once you're in it it's like it's great so I guess it is a bit judgy Devil Wears Prada in that sense um I thought PR would be a lot more like that before I joined I think people people often glamorize publicists you know people that have those Instagram pages that go da 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 PR girl it's just not it's not like that all the time. <laughs> there's a lot of admin there's a lot of sort of hard work but I love those glamorous moments yeah and also I can imagine the post um campaign like it doesn't end on that press night i know the next morning you have very early starts when you have to see what was said on social media what publications what what, (laughs) where do the images like appear like it's 
those press nights for you is probably like a solid 48 hours of just like non-stop it is yeah and it's so frustrating because i'm such a party girl that i want to really let go and enjoy my press nights but you can't and if it's your press night you just can't because most likely you'll end up finishing work at midnight anyway and then got to scramble on home and then you're up early to either have a quotes meeting for reviews or and just to pull all the coverage together and even while we're on the way home we're always scrolling for reviews or anything like that or links or coverage it's just non-stop but I love it as well <laughs> can't really complain I'm a night owl so, <laughs> and for you because I know although I still perform if the phone rings like my focus is obviously like the journalism and marketing, but I get that same buzz from being on a red carpet as I did on stage, like that hustle. Like I said, you're looking good, you're with like-minded people, people you admire, I'm interviewing them, I'm grabbing them. Is it kind of the same for you? Do you get that same kind of show buzz when you're like on a press night? Um, for me, it's, no, I'd say it's different for me. What I like about a press night is um, seeing a lot of people that I love all in the same place. And when I, people that I love, there are a lot of, a lot of the press that I love, you know, from certain websites and people I just really like seeing and bookers that we work with all the time. That's what I love. So it's more, um, it's more just a chance to see some great friends, actually. Not, I, I don't really, I'm not really, I, I mean, I can put on the old, you've, see, you've probably seen me do it. I can be quite dramatic. <laughs> I can put on the charm and do all of that, but it's, that is not, my aim isn't to sort of get that, to know that high off of yeah. performing that I don't get anymore but um it's just more of a nice sort of oh god I'm with so many people that I love um and love being around that's what I like about those sort of events I think but I mean any opportunity to do a little song and a dance little little lab tribute that we <laughs> perhaps did last year babe <laughs> <laughs> we were great we were great um, so who or what inspires you um so it could be a person a book is there anything that inspired you or still does inspire you journey during your journey in the arts um yes well i have sort of a two-pronged thing um my mum is definitely my biggest inspiration um especially as i've got older we didn't we weren't as close when i was younger but she is so First of all, she's the most intelligent woman I've ever met. I, I just, I, I don't know anyone like her. She's ridiculous. But she's so passionate about the arts and um, in every form, you know, she goes to galleries all the time. She reads, she's obsessed with opera. She travels all around the world for opera. Um, I've got her into ballet, so she's my little ballet buddy now. Um, we go to theatre all the time. She'll be basically be at the theatre about four or five times a week. And she's retired now, so that's where all of her money goes. <laughs> um, but she's just, she's, she's sort of, she's very strong. She, um, she kind of doesn't, you know, she has her own opinion. She doesn't really let other people's opinions affect her. And I think that's what I look up to, definitely. And um, it's just cool that we can have, we have these really in-depth, arty farty intelligent conversations and so we get to dissect theatre together and I don't really have that with many people I mean we have it in the office um but yeah I just my mum is definitely one of those but also recently in lockdown I've been listening to a lot of podcasts like this <laughs> um and I've kind of been inspired by 
a lot of um, feminist writers, so like your Dolly Alderton's, Elizabeth Day, um, and Michaela Cole recently with um, her TV show, I May Destroy You. There's a lot of, oh, sort yeah. of, there's a massive presence of strong women at the moment, and I find them really inspiring. Everything they've got to say is so succinct and powerful, and I think they've uh, allowed people to be really open about how they're feeling, not in a woe is me kind of way, but just just to having an open conversation about it all, which I think is really important, especially at the moment, we've all gone through this weird sort of mini trauma in a way, because it was, you know, our lives were shut down and it's kind of, some people thrived and some people exercised and kind of got their minds around it. And some people have really struggled, obviously, and some people have been sick and some people have lost ones, lost loved ones. And um, listening to sort of strong females talk about, what they're most scared of, I think, is really empowering. Sorry, I always go off on tangents, but yeah, they've I found they've really helped through lockdown. I love that, and I think that's one. That's one of my favourite questions when I do the podcast because I I've hear of books or writers or people I like new people I might not know of. So I'm always scribbling. I'm like, yes, I'm going to listen to them. Watch that. Yeah. So that's great. Um, last question before I let you go. Then, do you happen to have maybe like a quote? or a mantra or anything like that that you may implement or live by or helps you with decisions anything like that um it's actually i kind of have two uh, they're both really cheesy and really common but um the first one is probably everything happens for a reason um i'm a bit of a fatalist i do think that and i i think that is a mantra because i feel like when things happen it's important to think of that saying so that you don't dwell on them and um and you've got to think that you know something else could happen something else could be around the corner that could be even better than the thing you've just been let down by um or yeah i just i just think that's really important to always remember not dwelling on things and it's difficult it's, it's difficult to get your mindset set in a sort of positive place but once you do i find it hugely rewarding yeah um Second one is honesty is the best policy. I can often be quite direct, but I just love that in other people. And I would, I would expect that from other people. And I think people expect that from me. You just, you've got to just be honest about everything. Can't stand, uh, I can't stand liars. I just think, and I think for work as well, we've got to, having an honest relationship with producers and um, actors. I mean, don't get me wrong. Sometimes we put a bit of a PR spin on things. <laughs> <laughs> But that doesn't necessarily mean that what we're saying isn't honest. We're just mm. sort of maybe slightly sugarcoating, sugarcoating things. But I, yeah, I very much believe in, in the power of honesty. So yeah, those are my two, two things. So cheesy, but... No, but it's good. And, they, and the thing is they each, it's different for every person, which I think is great. Mm. And like, I know journalistically, like, again, it's keeping the truth, but every story can have a different angle, a different spin. So I completely get that, like, yeah. as well. Or where can we find out more about Amanda Mulpass PR? And if someone's listening who maybe wants to take advantage of your services and hire you, possibly, where can they find you? Well, I think, thanks, you plugged our, our website previously. But yeah, definitely have a look, um, which is www.amandamalpass.com. And we're also on Twitter and Instagram at, at Amanda Malpass PR. So check us out. And I think, um, yeah, if you want to get in touch, 
I, I look at those social accounts a lot. So if, if you DM us on there, I can give you, or one of us can give you uh, an email address if you want to get in touch with us. That'd be absolutely fine. We'd love to hear from you. Any new projects come our way? Anything creative happening in this weird, weird world at, at the moment? We'd love to, to hear about. So yeah, let me know. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed the episode and a massive thank you for Alex for giving up some time to be on the show. The entire team over at Amanda Pass are so lovely. So if you think you can work with them or want to know more, do reach out to them. If you've enjoyed the episode, please do head over to Apple Podcasts to leave your review and I'll be back next week.